Hey, Brad. Welcome in. This is Morning Combat. Luke and I, Luke Thomas, Brian Campbell, the, the, the best duo around Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern. You know the drill. Uh, this is, it's a great combat sports show. Luke and I are on vacation this week. Okay. So uh, we have pre recorded an entertaining mailbag episode. We allowed you to scam our system and send in your questions. Showtime, CBS Sports, they pay us. And uh, Luke Thomas, let me bring him in right now. Luke, I uh, hope you're enjoying your vacation right now, uh, even though we, kind of back to the future two style kind of you know flux capacitor we went forward to go backward you haven't gone on vacation yet you in fact could be killed right now in south america that's right i could be dead as it stands but the show will right. go on this is a video to all your fans then <laughs> thanking them for uh yeah well, all right sad sad my family won't see it then this is your living will, Luke. Here we go. Okay. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, like us, subscribe, of course. Um, YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. So many great stuff going on there. Interviews, uh, live chats, a lot of, lot of stuff going on. But uh, today is fun mailbag time. So why don't we just uh, hear what our viewers have to say? We'll get into this. Uh, Zach from Canada sliding in. It says, if you had a Mary, an action star character, not the actress, but the character, who would it be and why? Love the show since day one. Have yet to miss an episode. BDE and stay frosty from your biggest Canadian fan. Uh, R.I.L.? No, what is that? Uh, oh, Zach. Zach from Canada. Sorry. Uh, Luke, give me a female action star character like Tomb Raider Lara Croft or someone like that that you think you would, you know. Is there, have well, they made an action movie yet about big Latin women, Luke? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like Red Sonia, but didn't Brigitte Nielsen turn out to be a bit of a disaster later in life? Well, like, by the time she got to the Flavor Flav years, yes, Luke, but prime Brigitte was still hot enough to was, overcompensate yeah. for that. Uh, Maria Conchito Alonso in uh, Running Man, I think, oh. was Earth. a yes. fucking, yes. was amazing. Sharon Stone in Total Recall, not bad either, Luke, even though she's working for the bad guys. Um, Who isn't? Trying to think. There's got to be a go-to that we're missing, right, Luke? Um, Cara Dune from Mandalorian. <laughs> you have to hear about, uh, you know, you have to hear a lot of stupid political opinions. <laughs> have you ever gone? Let me ask you a question. And everyone's got their own view of what this is. but So just take the question as it comes. Yeah. Have you ever been on a date or like, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Have you been on a date with someone who just had stupid fucking political opinions? Look, I don't, I don't usually try to talk to people about politics. You know what I mean? I'm really in it for entertainment purposes, life, dating shows, you know, you've never been on a date and had any kind of conversation about your orientation on the world as it relates to how like the world is run. Well, first of all, I was raised in a factory town, so we don't really go that deep. Luke, we go on dates usually for one of two reasons, right? Uh, and um, no, I haven't, Luca. So can you give us one of somebody, some chick who had just some stupid world outlook and you're like, don't you know I used to write speeches for a living, biatch, right? No, I've never, I've never, um, I've actually been, ble I've, I've, talk, I've had many like, I've been to like house parties and I got stuck with someone who, you know, just had clearly uh, confused their own commitment to, they confused their own uh, ignorance about a topic uh, uh, with their certainty about um, the stupid ideas that actually explain the world events. Yeah, I've had a few of those. I've had a few okay. of those. Okay. I mean, you're, you're very deep, Luke. You're a well thought out 
well-researched, educated man. I don't know if you're saying that in jest. You probably no, are. I'm saying that in full, in full, uh, full support here. So, uh, you know, in dates, I would try to crack a joke. You know, I would uh, laugh a little, talk music. You know, I mean, it wasn't like I was not trying to crack jokes. I mean, I'm trying to get laid on these events. I'm simply saying. <laughs> I try, yeah, I try to slide into you like, know, a few of those. Uh, could you yeah. do you? Uh, let me ask you this. Do you and your wife have roughly similar outlook, roughly similar outlooks on politics or? You know, yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's what I mean. Like at some point you're going to disagree here, disagree there, but there needs to be a, like these all these like these like who is it uh james carville and mary matlin it's like i'm a democrat i'm a republican but we get yeah. along it's like yeah because you're both fucking rich that's what you bitches have in common you know i, I mean they might just like, they may just enjoy each other's company luke you never know yeah i don't i don't believe that luke this is, i know we've been we've been filming a bunch of uh stuff uh it looks like that you wore that shirt on a on a show the other day no i wore this one this morning this morning Okay. Okay. All right. It's the Let's same. Keep... It's the same brand, but it's a different. I have like ten of these. Truly. Yeah. Uh, this is from what? What does it say on it? What does it say, Luke? No, it notorious say... bastards. What? It, what kind of company is that? What are they? What are they? Uh, it's an apparel company. The um, they're shouts of notorious bastards. Um, they're kind of like so. The way I describe it is they're sort of like it's tattoo enthusiast kind of artwork, sort of chic, but much more toned down. Um, not like super, uh, it's not, not gauche like Ed Hardy or something like that. It's actually like really about the kind of artistry around simple traditional tattoo culture and kind of the things that go along with it. Is there, is, does the tattoo and political culture ever, ever cross Luke? No, I find that most people, well, I don't know about them. I don't have any way to suggest as much, but I've always noted my real lot in life is that all the things I like are filled with people I don't. <laughs> so... You know, who knows? I don't know. All right. All right. Here we go. Um, lemur, lemur, lemur pirate, lemur, like the animal from, uh, yeah, you know, the, the lemurs. Uh, what from is Madagascar. a movie? Yeah, Madagascar. There you go. What is a movie that you greatly anticipated and wanted to thoroughly enjoy, but were let down by? For an example, lemur pirate says Dark Knight Rises was it for me. Decent movie. But a big letdown to close out the Nolan-directed Batman trilogy. Appreciate the three-episode-per-week content, LT. Keep on as the BBL enthusiast, BC. Keep on as the connoisseur of Sneaky. I don't understand that keep on stuff, but uh, thank you, sir. Luke, was there, well, let's give an example here. Oh, yeah, I know that... exactly the answer to this one. Okay, what do you got? That last Star Wars movie was The Rise of Skywalker was such an unbelievable piece of shit. And you got to understand something, man. You know, again, to even like sci-fi, you have to be a certain kind of person. That's, you know, reaches a wide amount of people, obviously. But still, my wife doesn't like sci-fi, for example. Then, you know, you have to kind of forgive all the prequels. And I did. And the first uh, episode seven or whatever it was, wasn't great, but it was okay. Uh, I liked The Last Jedi because it was setting fire to everything, really, was what it was kind of about. And obviously, because the Disney had fucked up the handoff between the movies and the directors, everyone was just kind of trying to paste together a jalopy to make it go. And so by the time it got to the last one, you know, just, the whole thing was fucked. But dude, that movie sucked so much ass. It was so fucking terrible. Literally, we got out. I went with my Colombian in-laws, and they're not nearly into Star Wars in the way that I am. We got out of the theater, and they were like high-fiving. They're like, yeah, we love that shit, because all they want to see is Chewbacca roar, you know, they yeah. want to see some stormtroopers, some lasers and shit, and they're, they're good. They're not, they're not all in on it like I am. 
And I walked out of there mad. I was like, man, fuck that movie, man. Fuck Chewbacca. Fuck all them hoes. <laughs> fuck that movie. I was, I was <laughs> Yo, so right, angry. Oh, fuck Luke Thomas. Yeah. Um, I would have to say <laughs> it feels like an easy one, but Rocky five, you have to understand, like, I mean, like I came to boxing through the Rocky movies, right? I didn't see Rocky three in the theater, but I remember when it was in the theater, which I was like five. And I remember being so fired up when it came on to HBO Rocky four was destination city in the theater. So when Rocky five came around and you were not only told that a real boxer would be the co-star, but that they, you know, Rocky would become a coach. And like, you know, like there was this whole thing around it. I was so damn jacked. And, you know, looking back, Luke, I think sometimes we overrate our hate for that. Like it's become the redheaded stepchild of the entire franchise. But what do you think really went wrong in Rocky five? I remember just being angry leaving the theater. It just, Is that the Tommy Gunn one? Yes. Because the, the story was strong, right? It's just something about the execution. Was it the fact that Stallone had his real son play his son and it just didn't work? What do you think it was? I haven't seen that movie in 25 years. I don't know. I mean, the story was that Paulie gambled away all their money or whatever, invested it wrong. So they went back to their old house in Philly and, you know, Rocky was starting to have the CTE come in and he trained Tommy Gunn in his basement. And then, you know, Tommy took the money from the fake Don King guy. And, and then eventually, right. Tommy challenged Rocky on the, on the street, you know, you know, you, you mess with Paulie. Won't you try knocking me down? Right. No, I don't know if you can hear the, uh, the civil war that is taking place, the civil war reenactment that is taking place outside <laughs> of my door. Okay, is it, is it involve uh, uh, your daughter, a dog, a grandma, probably? Just 50,000 people who yeah. yelling at each other. That's great. Okay, all right, all right, all right. That's, yeah, I'm, uh, look, is there another? Because the, the hook to this question is that you went to the theater actively prepared to love something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like Million Dollar Baby where I had no idea and then I got caught on that left turn and i was like screw this movie for life i didn't go to the theater for that being so fired up like destination you know like I, there's got to be a, something in my blind spot here i mean i don't know what we'll get back definitely to that. that last star wars one was the last time i can remember leaving the theater being like man fuck those pieces of shit for making this fucking movie and for my stupid ass for sitting through it i haven't had that feeling in a while okay all right here we go this is from sambuca of great britain Hey, lads, do you guys collect anything? I know BC collects fight posters and moldy livers. Personally, I collect golden, silver, and bronze age comic books, which have all seen an increase in price, probably due to the pandemic. Thanks for all the laughs from Factory Town MMA UK. BC also collects ball fungus. Uh... <laughs> so <laughs> I don't collect fight posters, but I do have. A, a, a decent amount through connections in the fight game or some that I bought. <laughs> I rotate them regularly, Luke. The only thing I collect, and I think there's two kinds of collecting. There's collecting with the idea of, of spinning it one day to make money and collecting because you're obsessed and you love it. So I collect vinyl records like a fiend. I also collect NBA replica jerseys, usually from the 1990s, usually of like ridiculously journeymen or failed players just for the novelty fun of it. Luke, what the hell do you collect? Probably something real nerdy, right? Stamps uh, I don't collect things because I'm not a huge nerd. Um, as a kid, I collected 
Jesus fucking. I mean, I hope they're having a good time with the quinceanera out there. Keep hitting that pinata. I mean, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> All right. Um, I would say as a kid, I collected baseball cards. And I specifically instructed my mother not to throw them away because I was of the generation as you were where everyone was like, oh, I used to collect, but then my mom threw them all away when I got older. I was like, I would tell my mom, do not throw these fucking things away. And sure enough, right after like my junior year, she chucked them shits in the garbage and I lost all of them. I had some good ones too. I had like Ken Griffey Jr. Jr. rookie card. I had the Michael Jordan baseball cards. I had a signed Nolan Ryan. Like I had some good most shit. Most of those are still worth bullshit because they they in our era they made too many cards. They mass produced uh, and it brought down the value. Completely. Yeah, but I had I had I had like Jose Canseco rookie cards, McGuire rookie, Bonds, Bonilla. I had I had a lot of good shit or Vanilla however he pronounces it. But um, from our era, you know, I had I had a decent amateur collection. You know, yeah, I had kept all my cards. They were that was a big part of my life in the you know, middle school years. I threw away though, more than half of it right after getting married, just because I didn't want to carry around bulk. And then I regretted that once my kids got into cards for a short period, about five years ago. And we, you know, we traded with each other and we bought old wrestling cards and all kinds of stuff, but never really, you know, don't collect. But I mean, I, I got a decent amount of garbage pail kid cards still. Okay. I I used to collect that for a short amount of time for a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, no, I never. I don't. I never like. I'm going to collect coins. Like for what? I mean, Looks like I. I collect emotional scars. Isn't that enough? Yeah, I collect tattoos. I guess something like that. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, coming in hot, Henry Henry Rosian Henry Henry Osian of Finland. Wow. When you guys get to 100k subscribers, which one of you is going to get the YouTube play button on their wall? Luke, that sounds like something you would covet. I've already got one. Oh, oh shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh shit. Uh no, you may have it. I or the we, I, more more specifically, it should be in studio. We should have that yeah. in studio. Look, we haven't talked about this in a while, but we need to get back to studio regularly. I know, dude. Didn't we talk about this in fucking Miami with all of the superiors? And I thought we were on board with the plan, but I don't know. I mean, you know then, what? You know, we're, we are weeks. going on vacation and then we're going to be together later this month. So maybe that's it or something. I'm not sure. The past few weeks have, with the with the pandemic going in back in sort of the other direction for a bit has has muted this, I think, even more. But I mean, once a week would be nice. Once a week. I know there was I some talk we, about I you we and agreed I, on two times a month. Well, we agreed on once to twice a month, but for two to three days as a time at a time. Right. Correct. Right. So we film a couple stuff, some bonus stuff. I mean, that could be fun, but I would love to get, I mean, do you think, so what now it's the summer of 2021. Do you think Luke by March of 2022, we will be back every Monday in the bomb shelter? It's possible. I mean, it, it, I think the problem is, is that it's made it too easy to do it from home. It saves a yes. lot of money. It's yes, say it's it a, I mean, it's an inconvenience for both of us in our own way to travel to, to Jersey city. It's not, how long does it take you to drive? Assuming the traffic is more or less cooperating two and a half to drive um, with the train. The best train setup for me is to drive an hour and then take like a 90 minute train and then take some subways. So nah. the most efficient way is to just drive two and a half hours straight. Back. Yeah. And for me, it's about three. Um, what on so the train? it's not, it's not so terrible. What would the drive be? How bad would that be? 
I think three and it'd be closer to three and a half, a uh, little bit longer. It's just okay. because the train is so, especially if I take the high speed train, then it's only then it's only like two and a half. That's actually not bad at all. Okay. Um, okay. But you know, yeah, I agree. I, I'm looking to get, dude. The show isn't it. This is a version of a version of a show. The show is what we do in studio, and everything else is a lesser version. It's, I mean, you, you get know. a better energy. You get a better back and forth between us. We tend to pick up each other's cues for pausing or interrupting better. It's just, it, it just flows better. I think those on-site gags, wheel of death, wheel of dismemberment, wheel of misfortune, that, that, all, that stuff just works better in person. Um, Luke, imagine if you and I lived close enough that we did every single episode in person. The show would, would be unstoppable. Okay, but what would that actually do to our numbers, to the public's, uh, like the, the fans that we haven't hit yet, the fans who have tried us but didn't stay around, right? What, what would that do to that? I don't think necessarily doing the show like this hurts us all that much. Like it doesn't, it's not such a negative, uh, you know, but one, it would look different. I mean, a lot, there's a lot of people talking over Skype or, live you or zoom in that sense it doesn't look remarkable it looks remarkable when we're at least in person together so that's that's one second of all we could record a bunch of extra content so i think we just have more shit to give people and it would be higher quality as well so the quality would be higher there'd be more of it um and i also think that the fun element you bring to the show with like wheel of death or whatever it, we would do more of that but probably also more other things like uh what by the way whatever happened to the basketball shootout we had like they haven't posted that I don't know what the fuck's going on with any of that stuff. So that kind of shit, I think you could could do a whole lot of stuff that we just can't do right now. You know, and and I'll be honest, like, let's look at shows that have had that through the years. I wasn't a big Mike and Mike fan, but they were together for 20 years, basically. And they did a lot of skits. They had a wedding episode where people got married. I think the best who have done stuff like that in person, Sports Nation, back when it was Beatle and Coward, used to do some really fun stuff. Do you remember um, his and her, his and hers with... um, with uh, what's their name? Uh, with uh, Michael Smith and um, Jamel, uh, Jamel Hill. Hill. Yeah. They used to do those uh, movie remakes. Do you know what I'm saying? They'd like they dress up and like redo the barbershop scene conversation uh, yes. from Coming to America, but add like modern stuff. Look, if we were together all the time, I think we could do. You know, think think of what we already do with the docs. I think we could really do some next level shit that I think would raise our profile massively. Would it drive you and I apart being around each other that much? That's the key question. Luke. Probably, but I'd rather go further that way than not. Okay. Okay. I'd rather bang you too many times than imagining what it would feel like is really what. Yes, exactly. (laughs) All right. All right. Let's keep it going here. Uh, This is from Nats fan 16. Hey guys, relatively new donk here. Hey, Luke, I will say this. I'm interrupting here. Um, I I feel like I've gotten a, a pretty large amount of DMS from people who say it was the second, I'm sorry, the third, the third, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier fight that opened their eyes that we were even a thing. So that shows you the power of us doing stuff like traveling and stuff together. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's That's, great. That's probably a fair point. Yeah. This guy, in fact, this guy says, I first listened to your UFC 264 preview because I was looking for an in-depth technical breakdown of the fight and have listened to every episode since. Anyways, my question is for Luke. I know you mentioned that you were formerly a Navy SEAL. What? No, he wasn't. Uh, and I've trust me, I've never claimed that shit. And that you worked for some kind of political consulting firm. Is That's that true? true. That's true. I think you mentioned being Indian a couple of times. <laughs> this, this guy has the listening comprehension skills of a not bright person. 
Uh, Nats fan 16 wants to know what's your life story for us newer, less familiar donks. Also, why is BC the king of Connecticut? Luke, all these questions are going your way. Go for it. So uh, the answer is short on this one. I'll go to the second part first about BC. Basically, like there's a rapper called Apathy who kind of, I don't know if he calls himself the king of Connecticut or other people do, but I've heard it mentioned about him. And uh, shouts to Apathy. I love his work. But uh, I just thought it'd be kind of fun to call BC that because, you know, he's sort of, I have a friend from Connecticut, but he doesn't live there anymore. BC still kind of like my Connecticut. I've always had a friend who lived there. And but usually a couple or two or three. And now I've got one. It's just BC. So to me, he's the king of Connecticut. It's just sort of a fun way of describing yeah, right. him that I like. Plus, he's kind of Connecticut proud, too, you know. So there's that one. My love story, I'm not sure what to say, man. My dad's from Oklahoma. My mom was from uh, Beirut, Lebanon. She was part of the Ar Armenian diaspora that left after the collapse of the Ottoman Empire. What, they were what is a diaspora, Luke? That's where the Armenians or any country people, they're not necessarily in the country, but they're kind of spread out. There's, okay. you know, there's probably French people in Spain. That's part of the French diaspora. Um, so they were part of that after the Ottoman Empire collapsed. They were all living in, many of them were living in Syria. My mom was uh, born in Aleppo, which, you know, now is a war zone completely just turned to rubble. But back then it was an extremely nice place. And they ended up in Beirut. My dad was a member of the Foreign Service, so he had done a bunch of tours overseas at different places and ended up in the Middle East. Met my mother. My sister was first. She was born in Beirut. My brother was born about seven years later in Paris. My family lived there for some time, almost a decade. And uh, my sister and my dad speak fluent, and my mother as well, all spoke fluent French. My brother and I got none of it because there's such wow. a gap. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always fun when they would just talk shit about you to your face, you know? That's always fun. Um, I feel like that's happened a lot in your life and your family. <laughs> yeah. And not necessarily in a foreign language. Uh, sometimes I mean, you ever picked that up in Spanish where Abuela's just like that mother? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. But see, my, my, my Spanish is a lot better. So I, I didn't know any French. So I, I you know, you could kind of tell. Keep it up, Pepe. I, I can find you yeah. another place to live. All right. Keep it up, bro. All right. With them, that's much. I'm not saying that they haven't done it. And I've, uh, I've always not uh, picked up on it. But I, my ear is pretty good for that. Um, Anyway, so I was born last in uh, New Delhi, India, and then my dad had a few more tours of time spent abroad, including Japan, Qatar, and then came back. I grew up in Washington, D.C. My parents got divorced, kind of moved around a little bit from the state of Virginia to Georgia. And then when I graduated, went to William & Mary, was in the Marine Corps, moved around and ended up back here. And um, that's Your father that. would dine. He would womanize. He would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah. No, he would not do things like that. My dad is uh, not that kind of guy, but um, that's my story. That's All right. it. All right. Quite inconsequential there. Uh, thank you for that. I appreciate that's that. That's true. Uh, we got one from Rutan Ninja. Rutan Ninja. Root. Root Ninja. Root Ninja. Luke and BC are the best podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Wow. BC brings the passion, which I always love him for. Luke brings the cynicism and analysis to all the fights. I look forward to it every week. Hey, thank you, Root Ninja. Uh, hey, Luke and BC, name of the strain slash edible that BC was on during the last room service diaries. 
all the best. Somebody sent me a note. Someone sent me a note. And I think this used to be a racist joke, but the way they applied it to you was not, which was uh, BC was so, you know, off his rocker from the gummies that you could have blindfolded him with uh, dental floss because you were just sitting there like this. <laughs> now, that. now, true or false, I didn't think that was a great look for us to publish that. Okay. True or false. I, I didn't care at all. I don't care. You you were the one who bullied that through. You're like, shut up. Just, you know, just get, you know, I'm like, you know, I do have some level of a professional, re- you know, resume and reputation to hold up. Yeah. Is that how people know you as the, the guy that's really professional? Is that how you're known around the water cooler? Yeah. 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 It is. Um, Be who you are, dude. That's not who you are. Okay. You're, 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 you know, you're not off the rails crazy, but you know, you like your, I think people that only know me through morning combat, Luke, right. Right. They think that that could be the only facet of my life or personality. I had to be pretty damn professional to get here, Luke. Okay. That's true. And you do know how to navigate corporate America far better than I do. But uh, at the same time, if once we start losing our edge, we should just stop doing this. Wow. Okay. Okay. Hey, and you know, do you think my daughter will scream loudly enough that she'll just take over as host of this podcast and you'll no longer be able to hear me? What city did we do that RSD in? Was that Miami? Yeah, that was, was Vegas. That, Vegas. that was Vegas. Vegas. Oh yeah. So it was just some local Vegas stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke, you and I uh, may or may not be going to Cleveland later this month. Yes, that's true. I look forward to that. Dude, RSD in Cleveland would be fun. Maybe a rock and roll uh, Hall of Fame trip, maybe. Uh, I don't care about that place, but if you think it'd make okay, for how- good art. Okay, no, seriously. Oh, no. Why? It, it, you know, I make jokes about, you know, school shooting rock and all that, but you, you're a, you're a educated, you lived through the 90s grunge, you know music. Why would that be something that doesn't interest you? Like what I would go. I, I, I would go. I would go. It just I wouldn't treat it like bucket list stuff. Is that fair? All right. Well, I, I went there once in 2001, but I, I, I only stayed for a little bit. I would have had like a full day. See, I can get into that. It's not just like, oh, that's the guitar. Jimi Hendrix broke at this concert. It's like, here's, you know, Pete Townsend's fourth grade report card or here's the pack of cigarettes that. John I don't Sebastian idolize the broke. I don't idolize those people in a way that that matters to me. Okay. Okay. All right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That's cool. That's so, cool sometimes Luke. you just want to see the world burn, BC. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Luke, the fourth documentary of uh, the the documentary <laughs> series that that Less Than Jake, our great documentarian, put out. Luke, I know we talked about it briefly uh, uh, on the Friday show, but. Um, you know, it may have been our most entertaining one, Luke, but I did feel it, it it didn't really have a story. It was more just, hey, here's some shit we did. I feel like there were potential stories that either didn't connect or Jake lost the footage or maybe we were a little afraid to go after. You're, I mean, very, you're we, very upset with Jake for losing the Pennington James footage. I have no. I mean, this. imagine, you know, there, there was a real storyline going on that weekend that we weren't allowed to talk about. Luke, imagine if we had made that the doc. Of some of our yeah. inner see that should have been the turmoil. doc, but then that would cause all kinds of problems. So that, that was some heavy shit that went down, Luke. Okay, that was yeah, that was true. That true. was some pretty uh yeah. All right, well they cleaned. I mean, look, you know, I, I as I tell them, 
you know, I, I gave about an hour confessional about us working with Brendan. I didn't really see any of that in the film, you know? Okay. Brendan played ball though. That, you know, he, he looked good in the, in the dock. It was good, I did, you know, people. How about like that, to... that scene where Brendan is sitting next to us and over his head, the lady's like twerking on the stage at the weigh in. You know what I mean? That was, that was Jake sometimes captures like the perfect angle of something. Yeah. And I had no idea that was happening either. I was like, Oh, right. Right. Florida's Look, different, am... man. Florida's Florida's. Oh, Florida's it's a, it's, it's a different world. It's a different world. Yeah, Look, that really does is. wrap up the, uh, the fun fan questions. But so I wanted to say, Luke, you haven't been day one ish in love with the documentary series. Sometimes you think it's gratuitous or forces us to take our eye off the ball or, Hey, it's cool. But you know, if you, you used to brag about a producer credit for MK, let's say you took a more, more hands-on approach with the docs. Like, do you think it's run its course? Do you think there's more, Storylines no, I think, that I think there's two problems. There's two major problems with the doc. One is that you want to do too much of it. I actually think less is more, and I think they should be shorter. Number one, or oh, I even argue for more or, minutes. or even yeah. episodic rather than like a big grand four. You should chop that up into like five different four minute pieces or something like that, right? That's the first part we can think about. Second part is I actually have nothing against it except that I always am thinking about the balance of content at MK. And with the removal of Dissected, there's just been a little bit of imbalance with it. I feel like if we could add it back, honestly, it, it, I would like all my objections would basically go away. It's really the problem. Okay. Uh, let's get Dissected back on the road. I'll, it is possible. It is possible. I'll fight for it. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go on vacation and not think about it, but maybe afterwards. Um, all right. Well, you know, you know, it'd be a great doc us winning the world MMA awards, best MMA programming, uh, award look. Okay. It would, people yes. can, people can go to that website and vote for us at world MMA awards dot something. And, um, imagine the doc cameras there, Luke. I mean, That'd imagine if, if, imagine if you Susan Lucci that shit. Cause what I didn't know, Luke, I knew those awards existed. I knew Ariel had won like, you know, best MMA guy for like every year it's it's happened. I knew I remember seeing red carpet content in the past. What I didn't realize is that so many fighters go to it. I didn't realize they produce funny skits as if it's like the, you know, Oscars or MTV, you know, music video awards. I didn't realize, Luke, that it's an actual thing. Like this is the MMA world and Fight Magazine and the folks at World MMA Awards like actually going for it. I didn't realize that you go up and give speeches, Luke. I mean, you can Imagine I if gave we one. won. I gave one. For what? When MMA Fighting won, like, uh, best news source of the year. I went up there and uh, I was like, yeah, damn right we won this. Uh, we were the best ones and everyone knows it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, you gave like a like a Suge Knight uh, source award speech, basically, right? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I'm just saying, imagine you up there with luching it and, you know, they like me. They really like me. And uh, I mean, that was with Sally Field, I think. But uh, you know what I'm saying, Luke? Just just just, you know, F and A. We won that shit. And would you just and go up there and just drop trial and then walk around with your pants? I would, <laughs> I would probably grind. I'd probably do a couple of DX chops to our competition and probably. Uh, yeah, I would do that. I, but Luke, I, I mean. I don't know. You know, I've got confidence. You've got, you know, I've got hopes and dreams. You, you don't really have too many ways or means Luke, but um, imagine just imagine all the people, right? I mean, imagine you standing up there holding that shit up there. 
look what the fuck we did, bro. You have to give it shit. back when you go backstage. I mean, we did this. What does it mean? I don't know. What do we win? Nothing. But we did this and we did this together, Luke. So the That's best right. years of your life, Luke, now, right now, this is your I know, prime. Dude. And I see you don't want to do these questions, but we still have like 10 more minutes. We got to no, There's we no kill. more questions, Luke. We ran through them already. Did we? All right. Yeah. That's it? Yeah, bro. Wow, dude, this episode is going to tank. Hey, I don't I don't see uh, DC and Hawani doing vacation day episodes, all right? Uh, I don't think that show is around. <laughs> I don't see our, I don't see RC and DC. No, really. I don't see it. I don't really, I don't, I don't know, I don't know much about it, Luke. All right. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know what you want to do. This is yours to open and close. I'm not, I'm not bailing you out. <laughs> I see you. I see you checking out mentally. Uh, Luke will pick up this garbage. No, it's on you. All it's right. on well, you. Look. Whether we win awards or not, whether they do more docs or not, Luke, um, we built something fun, special here. So hopefully these little crumbs satiated you this week as Luke navigates the jungles of Columbia. And I I'm unwind. not going to the jungles of Columbia. I don't know. I'm not meeting with the FARC uh, when I go, guy. I unwind somewhere in upstate New York on a lake dock, right? Wearing... Probably white claw. No, I don't white claw, bro. You know what I get into, Luke? This is really what I do. And, and, and because yeah, of my gummies, because of, well, no, not in real life. Because of my fatty liver, I, I, uh, I, I really barely drink. But when I do, Luke, I go Moscow Mule 100% of the time now. I mean, that's the drink, you know, the can version or the at the bar version. Do you mess with that? The ginger beer with the vodka and the flavor? You don't, you don't F with that? My wife loves that drink. I like it. I don't love it. I like a, um, well, what's the white guy drink? The white guy drink is the old fashioned. Right. Every white guy gets that. It's a fine drink. I'm more of a man. What's my go to? My go to would be like a Boulevardier, which is similar, of course. Um, You you buy a surprisingly like I look at you as this like overcompensating, overly macho. I'm going to show you how macho I am, guy. And then the (laughs) waiter will come and you'd be like. Tell me about your uh, your your cocktail, sir. You know, does yep. this one have a flag in it? I mean, like you'll get something that's just like like where I come from. They would have killed you for getting that. I mean, back in the day, I would never order stuff like that. But now that I'm really trying to cut back on my drinking and I am like I've figured it out. Basically, three or so cocktails. That's all I need. I don't need and three beers. Make me feel heavy. I don't want to drink just the same old thing like, you know, beam and, and Coke Zero. I want something with a little bit of like you know, style to it. And cocktails are better than they've really ever been in many ways. So I, I ask for what the cocktail menu is. I have two, three of those, sometimes four if I'm feeling frisky. And then I'm good. That's it. I'm done. That's it. I don't have to drink anything else. Okay. Okay, Luke. Um, Luke, what year did you start watching MMA? I want to stop this forever now. <laughs> I mean, technically, nine, 94. 94. What year did you become an MMA journalist? <sighs> Oh six, oh seven. Between ninety four and oh six, who would you say was your favorite MMA fighter? For a long time, Hoist Gracie. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, probably Frank Shamrock. Oh, I like that. Um, BJ Penn, pretty early. Somewhere like about like that. Okay. Okay. I was a big uh, Ken Shamrock guy early, right? When I liked I Ken a lot too, but then when Hoist kind of ran over him, I was like, oh, he's not that good. That's not true. Big chemo guy. When chemo almost beat Hoist, that was 
badass. Yes, UFC four, I think that was the one where Hoist got injured and withdrew. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he was he had to pull Kimo's hair so he wouldn't get completely destroyed by ground to pound. It's badass. Love love Kimo. All right, we're done here. All right, I'll take us out of here for the great Luke Thomas. We we limp to the finish line. My name is Brian Campbell. Morning combat, always giving it to you. Sloppy, dirty, sometimes button up. But uh, like, subscribe, do all those fun stuff. Buy our merch. We love you. We love all of you. Thank you. Get get vaxxed if you care. Thank you for caring. Um, for our producers, for our people, we out.